Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. We are one day closer to the weekend and one day closer to college football. Mississippi State taking on the raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Saturday morning, it is an 11 a.m. kick. So if you were headed down to New Orleans, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of uh, traveling advice. Do not go out Friday night and get too deep in the jug where you can't go enjoy Saturday's ball game. If you want to go out there and enjoy the vicarious pleasure of the Crescent City, I encourage you to do that on Saturday night. Let's go take care of business Saturday morning, and then you are free to uh, to pursue your uh, your pleasures throughout the fine city of New Orleans. I enjoy visiting New Orleans. I, I really do. I enjoy visiting New Orleans. I enjoy the the vibe of the city. I enjoy the food. I enjoy everything down. I enjoy Bourbon Street, even though I don't drink. I, I enjoy the, the, the street vendors. I enjoy the street performers. I, I enjoy all of that. But I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> you know, number one reason why is because um, Mississippi State is in Mississippi. And so I would much rather be closer to Mississippi State than uh, than New Orleans. But it is a great place to visit. And I encourage you, if you're on the fence about going, go ahead and pull the trigger. Go ahead and make plans to get on down there. It, it's going to be great. Now, even though we are getting some cooler temperatures here locally, man, how nice is it going to be to be in the air-conditioned Superdome to watch that season open? We have sat out there and absolutely been grilled at these uh, 11 a.m. or 1 p.m. kicks in late August, early September. My poor students, my goodness gracious, 
Everybody's so hard on them about not sticking around for the game, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, these, a lot of these guys haven't even been weathered by the sun, and they're out there in the pre-Labor Day heat getting roasted in the student section. So students, if you can, make it down. I know you want to go to New Orleans. I, I know it's early in the school year, but I know you want to go to New Orleans. And if you're a college kid, you always want to go to New Orleans. So let's go down there. Let's have a little business and pleasure and win a ball game. Excited to get down there. Matter of fact, my schedule for the weekend actually kicks off tomorrow. And uh, I will be recording Friday show on the road. Assuming we don't have any technical difficulties. I'm, I'm really good. Uh, as of late, keeping up with that stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to get a Friday show for you because I want to preview the weekend. But I will be uh, on the road. Got a speaking engagement Thursday night. And uh, if you know, you know. It's one of those uh, private deals. And then Friday I will be on the Mississippi Gulf Coast going to see uh, Mississippi State's newest commitment, Jaden Wally. And that trip was already planned. The timing is impeccable, though. He commits on Tuesday. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to go see him and his younger brother Friday. We'll get some film, some pictures, and uh, have an in-person eval for you uh, later in the weekend, first of the week. And then I'll head over to New Orleans. And so uh, so today is kind of the last day at home for a while. Uh, and it's probably the same for many of you. You know, we go ahead and get on the road. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those kind of people, too. It's like I enjoyed the windshield time. I have a lot of people that say, you know, Steve, you get to travel so much, doesn't doesn't that get old? And I'll tell you, no, 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 it doesn't. It 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 never gets old for me. And uh, maybe I was just born with the, you know, with a gypsy soul or whatever. But you know, I I love getting out and going and experiencing things. And and I have said many times, I would rather do things than have things. And uh, fortunately, I've been blessed enough to do both. But uh, getting out and, and getting on the road I get a little stir crazy you know what I'm saying you get home for a while and, and you know it's not that I don't enjoy the routine of the uh of running the household and all that kind of stuff but uh but I like getting out and going places and so uh looking forward to some road trips had such a great spring one of the greatest springs and summers of my life covering this Mississippi State baseball team on the road it was so I, I don't know that I will ever deny myself the pleasure of doing that again I, I i just don't know that that is one of those things that uh, I, that i would pass on i just i, I think it, it needs to be a bigger part of our coverage because we are a baseball school had a great time doing it want to share with you too before we uh, before we move on i've had a couple of uh, text messages from what with jake mangum here over the last few days uh jake as you guys know the father of the uh the nickel black uniforms at mississippi state he and uh he and noah Noah Hughes, former Mississippi State Bulldog. Jake got to go see Nickelback in person for the first time. Said he was blown away. So they were incredible live, better than he even expected. And Jake says, I asked him, I said, Jake, you know, how are you doing? You know, are you happy? Are you having a good time? He's having the time of his life. Misses all of you, but having a great time. Acclimating to minor league baseball. You know, it's taking him a little time to kind of get acclimated to the wooden bat. But, you know, Jake is Jake. You know, Jake's going to be fine. I read a quote from Jake this morning, yeah, kind of paraphrasing here, but he said, you know, when you walk out there and you step in the batter's box, if you don't think you're the baddest dude on the diamond, you're already defeated. Um, that probably is something that goes back to uh, his dad, John Mangum, uh, friend of the show, John Mangum. But uh, I like hearing those kind of things. You know, it's like you see, I'm glad that the rest of the nation's kind of getting to know our Jake. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, Love the Bulldog Burger Company. So many great options to choose from on the menu there. It's a great restaurant-quality hamburger. It is a Starkvillian institution. It is a place that is uniquely Starkville. It is part of a family of restaurants that are invested in Mississippi State. They're invested in the Starkville community. These people, Bulldog folks, they want to bring you the best dining experience they possibly can. Listen, your family is going to love Bulldog Burger Company. And if you've got young people, and you know, when I was a young kid, all I ever wanted to eat was hamburgers, you know? Uh, And so I'm sure you have kids of that variety, and they're going to be amazed at the selection they can have there. You know, and if you just want that great restaurant-quality burger, the Bulldog's the way to go. That's, That's the way to go. You can't go wrong with that. But if you're like me, and you like maybe a little more exotic taste, you can do that too. You can have the mission. I like to get the pico de gallo on the side. That way I can kind of control the distribution. The pimentology add bacon. That is the boneyard favorite. 
And my current favorite is Delora. As a matter of fact, I might have that today. I think I'm going to go have lunch at Bulldog Burger Company today. And I think I'll have Delora today. You need to go do that. Go check it out. When you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's get into this. The first thing that I want to talk about is we had the chance to, uh, to visit with Joe Moorhead Monday. And then last night, we had a chance to visit with Tommy Stevens. It was kind of a light media opportunity last night. But any time you get to quarterback, and we expect to get Tommy probably once or twice a week over the course of the football season, I'll share with you guys, if you haven't already watched it, you can go to jeanspage.com right now and watch the video for free. Got it embedded in David Murray's story about Tommy Stevens, and Tommy Stevens spoke about being voted a team captain. Now, there are some people out there uh, that would suggest that perhaps that uh, there has been a uh, you know a rift created I guess because of this quarterback competition, and so here here's the deal about some of that. It is only human nature that there would be some level of disappointment. But any talk about there being a divided locker room and and, I, and listen, people say, well you know Steve, you guys are in the media. You you don't think we've made it in the media as long as we have just by reporting what's on its face, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you, you, you don't stay in this industry long if you don't have some credible sources. You don't stay in this industry long if you can't kind of get behind the scenes sometimes. And one of the things that I have learned is that if you're willing to protect your sources, there's a lot of things that people will tell you off the record. If you don't burn people, you can learn a lot. And thankfully, I have uh, worked alongside some folks that uh, have been in this industry longer than I have. And I and, and really, I've done the math on this before. The only person that has been in the internet media Mississippi State business longer than me is Gene, is Gene Swindoll. That's it. And uh, you know, and so we we talk to people privately, and sometimes we hear things that are somewhat concerning. And sometimes we're able to report on that. Sometimes that leads you in a, in a direction that you can kind of begin to pursue a story. The flip side of that is we hear a lot of good things, too. And I can share with you that, that your Bulldogs are, are obviously very concerned about Keaton Thompson because he is their brother. Okay, It's not just a situation where he's just another guy in the locker room. For many of these guys, guys, they got to know him during the recruiting process. They were part of a group text, and you know Keaton was part of the leadership to kind of help that class together, even though he got a little squirrely there at the end himself. So it's not a casual relationship. Now, these are people that are invested in one another. Keaton was an early enrollment guy. He's already been in this program for a couple of years. He's had the benefit of three springs. And he loses out in the quarterback competition, Tommy Stevens. So to think that there wouldn't some people that would be show some empathy for Keaton, that that's you know, that, that's what you'd expect. However, there is not this whole um you know, there's this narrative, there's a false narrative out there among some of the Mississippi State social media community, and we've seen some of that on our own boards, that people have tried to suggest some things that are not true. Now, might there be a player or two that says, you know what, I, I'm really bummed out that Keaton didn't get the job. You know, you bring in this new kid and he he wins the job. Uh, and, you know, maybe that wasn't, maybe I don't think it's fair. And they, they're certainly entitled to their opinion. But if you think that somebody's going to go out there and not play – like H-E-L-L for Mississippi State because of something like that, you're absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. It makes no sense whatsoever. What we're hearing privately, and I'm, I'm going to share some things with you too about this, because we heard throughout the quarterback competition, after the first scrimmage, KT had a really good first scrimmage. It, it was pretty even, and I would say dur- during the drills kind of leading into that first scrimmage that Tommy might have been beginning to separate a little bit. KT elevates his game, has a really good first scrimmage, and might have actually pulled into the lead. And then that really lit a fire under Tommy Stevens. And Tommy Stevens says himself he believes this has been the best fall camp of his life, and we need it to be because we need him to be excellent. We don't need him to be pretty good. We need him to be great. We need him to take us to the next level. We need him to showcase this offensive system that will allow us to sign even better quarterback prospects down the road. We need to show people that those two years at Penn State with Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley and Joe Moorhead were not a fluke. That's what we need Tommy Stevens to do. We need Tommy Stevens to reestablish our identity as an offensive football team. We had 
very much an identity under Dan Mullen, but we were in transition. So now we have to show, you know what, listen, we're going to do things a little different way. And so we're going to have to recruit a different brand of player. We're going to have to recruit a different brand of quarterback. And so we need Tommy Stevens to come showcase this system and really make it look like a very viable option to other quarterback prospects. If we're going to take the next step, that's what needs to happen. We need him to win, but we also need him to validate Joe Moorhead. Okay? And that's as honest as I can put it. And so all of this that goes on, you know, behind the scenes, a lot of people have said, you know what, there might have been some people on the team. I won't say that they were standoffish when Tommy Stevens got here, but due to their loyalty to KT, they just weren't maybe on board with us bringing the grad transfer quarterback. It didn't matter if it was Tommy Stevens or Kelly Bryant or whoever. They just said, you know what, KT's waited his time. But Tommy Stevens comes in and wins them over with his play, wins them over with his attitude. Your guys are ready to go play. And listen, these guys have all been in the same practice sessions, okay? They've all been through drills. They've seen it. And it's one of those things if you were, you know, I guess if you were a, a, you know, an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, you, you might be able to get away with the mistake every now and again. You know, maybe they don't see it, you know, or maybe the opponent, opponent's unable to exploit that mistake. But at some point, it shows up. If you're a quarterback and you make a mistake, it is very obvious right away. And so it's not like the quarterbacks can hide during drills. And so the things that we began to hear privately over the course of the last, I don't know, 10 days or so, is that Tommy had really begun to really distance himself from KT. Not that KT was playing bad. It's just that Tommy elevated himself to a different level. KT made it interesting. And, and remember, KT... All the reviews after the first scrimmage was, you know what, Keaton was a gamer, man. Keaton was a gamer. After the second scrimmage, it was reversed. We heard that Tommy had the better of it, and then uh, you know KT gets banged up a little bit and, and had practice, and, and then down the stretch, Tommy really took ownership of the position. And so Tommy is voted team captain, one of five team captains. Now, Darrell Williams, Errol Thompson, those are pretty much named by the coaching staff prior to the season. And then you have an offensive, defensive, and special teams captain as voted on by the team. Your special teams captain, Cody Schneider. It should be a surprise to nobody. One of the most popular players on the team. If you have ever been around him, you will understand what I mean. He has a gregarious, outgoing personality. He's a guy that probably should run for office. I, I, I don't know if he's in a fraternity or not, except for the MSU. But if he is, I'm sure he is Rush Chairman because he is an absolute blast to be around. So it is a surprise to nobody that Cody is a special teams captain. And you know what's interesting about that is Cody's not even a starter. He's just a great team guy. That's kind of the identity of this team, I think, is the fact they recognize the contributions that people make, whether they're starters or not. The defensive captain, as voted on by the players, Brian Cole. I don't think that should be a surprise, but, you know, we've got a somewhat of an educated opinion of what kind of goes on sometimes. I think other people think that may be a surprise to you. Brian Cole, if he stays healthy, then uh, Brian Cole is going to play his way into a lot of money. Brian Cole is an absolute assassin in that secondary. When you bring him on a backside blitz, Katie, bar the door. Brian Cole will change your oil for you. We got a glimpse of what Brian Cole could do last year. Bob Shoup says he's even better this year. He had that freak injury last year against the University of Florida. Ended up having to have surgery. And the silver lining is that we get it, is we get him back in the year that we really need depth and safety. Brian Cole, though, voted on by his teammates to be a captain. That should be evidence to you guys of what those guys have seen in practice. Brian Cole is a rising superstar in the SEC, and I, I, I firmly believe, again, if he stays healthy, okay, he is going to take the SEC by storm. It's like this time last year, most people in the SEC didn't really know who Jonathan Abram was. 
there were a few people say, I remember that kid. He played at Georgia. Well, you know, now he's a you know, national superstar. Played his way into a first-round opportunity after a huge senior season at Mississippi State. I, I see Brian Cole having a similar path. I don't know if he runs all the way to the first round, but he is a guy that I expect to be the guy when it's all said and done this year. I, I think when you get – we know what Cam Dancer is going to do, but the guy that I believe is going to have that transferative year you know, the guy that's going to go out there and just kind of become a transcendent player for this team, it's going to be Brian Cole. And so seeing the, the players vote him defensive team captain, I, I think that really speaks well of him. But to get back to the Tommy Stevens thing, Tommy voted offensive captain, and Joe Moorhead shared with us that he got three times as many votes as the number two vote getter. I think that speaks volumes about the quality of the young man, not just the player. The fact that a guy can show up here in June and then win the offensive captain team vote in a landslide the way that he has, um, that's a pretty special deal. So what does that mean going forward? Well, we know who the starter is going to be, and it is apparent that the, uh, that the team has fully embraced him. And now it's time to go do it on the field. And uh, he mentioned last night that he has never been to the Louisiana Superdome. He is uh, happy they get a little bit of a walk through so he can kind of take it all in. But a football field's the same size everywhere, as Tommy says. You know, it doesn't matter how many people are there. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's an enclosure, you know, inside, outside, whatever. Football fields are all 100 yards. So we're going to get out there and go play a little football. Now, the backgrounds are a little bit different, okay? They're a little bit different. Throwing backgrounds are different. It's a different environment playing in a dome. I have heard that it is especially difficult for defensive backs and receivers initially because they're not used to uh, running down that football in the dome. It, it is, it's a different vantage point you know, for them. Usually they're looking at back for that football you know, uh, against a clear blue sky. But uh, that's not the reality indoors. So that'll be interesting. But again, go watch that Tommy Stevens video. I think you're going to be really impressed with him. You know, I, when you hear him talk, he you can tell that he is – a very confident individual, but he doesn't come across cocky or arrogant. He just comes across confident. And he mentioned that he came in from the beginning not really being a rah-rah guy. He just wanted to kind of let his play speak for himself. Uh, and I believe that's been the case. And uh, who would have thought we'd be in this position a year ago? You know what I'm saying? I think last year we were all thinking, okay, we're, we're going to have a big year. We're going to be 10-2 and two and then uh, maybe challenge Alabama and go to a New Year's Six Bowl game, and then Keaton's going to take over. And then here we are a year later. Uh, didn't have the 10-2 and two year. Uh, this year, a very important year in the Joe Moorhead era, and so he brings in his guy. And that's one of the things that I kind of want to talk about, too, before we kind of change topics here is that um, Joe Moorhead has a, uh, has a job to do. And there are some people out there that would say, well, you know, KT didn't get a fair shot. You know, I, I don't agree with that. But but here's the deal. It's not the Boy Scouts. Joe Moorhead's got a job to do. He uh, has made commitments to Dr. Mark Keenum and John Cohen when he took the job that he would put a winning program on the field and that we would win consistently. He is not going to jeopardize his standing as an employee of Mississippi State University or his own career just to prove a point about a quarterback battle. just didn't make any sense. And there are some people out there that have the, they, they have these hysterical takes about things and that they suggest that there, there's another agenda at play here. And the only agenda is winning. If you think that a, that a coach is going to put in the second-best quarterback over a guy that would give him a better chance of winning, you, you need to go sit down and talk to somebody. I mean, you're, you really do. You need, you need to make an appointment today to go sit down and talk with somebody because there, that, there's absolutely no way that's going to happen. They're just You're not going to play those kind of games. Speaking of games, I know some of you like to have a little uh, skin in the game. And so uh, our, our good friends at my bookie are back this year. It's a new season. You know, there's been a lot of changes in the National Football League, you know, a lot, a lot of free agent signings. I, I'm not a fan of some of those. You know, I, you know, I think Antonio Brown quit on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm a little salty about that. Le'Veon Bell quit on the Pittsburgh Steelers 
And uh, in case you guys didn't know, I've been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan my entire life. As long as I have known what football was, I have been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And so those guys are traitors in my eyes. But because of the fact they have changed teams, and they are quality players, they're going to change the dynamics a little bit around the NFL. One thing that hasn't changed, though, is where you can put your money down and win big on ball games, and that's my bookie. My bookie is the place to bet on football every single weekend, from wagers on college football action to odds on the presidential election, if that's your thing. Uh, my bookie truly has something fun for everybody. They have better bonuses and more prop bets than any sports book, period. This year, my bookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. That's a pretty good return on your investment. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week, climb the leaderboard, and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that is proven. I wouldn't put you in a bad situation. That's why my bookie's always the right play. You bet and you win, and they pay you. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus, double your first deposit. Use promo code BONEYARD to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code BONEYARD. Again, that's BONEYARD. When creating your account to claim your bonus, you bet, you win, you get paid. So let's, uh, moving on here, get into um, the KT Thompson situation. That is something that is still kind of ongoing. Uh, Coach Joe Moorhead and then met with KT on Sunday, met with him again on Monday, and I understand some meetings took place yesterday. Now on Monday, Joe Moorhead shared with us that Keaton is currently not with the team. So not with the team means that he is not participating in any football-related functions, not going to meetings, not coming to workouts, not going taking part in practice. So he has not been part of any of your game prep for UL Lafayette or Louisiana, whatever you want to call them. That hadn't taken place. Now, I am told last night that there is a little ray of hope that Keaton might actually stay with the team. Don't know when that's going to happen. And uh, Jim Moore had shared Monday that they are going to leave all of that about if there is any news, if he elects to completely transfer and, and withdraw or whatever, uh, whatever, they're going to allow him to kind of be in control of the flow of information, which I think is the right way to do it. It is KT's decision. He deserves the right to do it. But I was told last night that on Saturday, it was pretty much a done deal. He was gone. But now that he's met with Joe and met with Andrew Briner and had a chance to hear from some of his teammates that uh, he is kind of second-guessing things. Now, what that means at this point, I'm not exactly sure. Does that mean that, okay, let me get on back to practice? And I, and I suspect if he, when he run, returns to practice, he'll probably be applauded onto the field. Very, very popular among his teammates. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but, you know, in Mississippi State's situation, it is best for Mississippi State to have Keaton Thompson here. And as I shared on Monday's show, you know, it might be in Keaton Thompson's best interest to, if nothing else, hang around here, stay engaged in football, play in the four games or last, preserve his red shirt, and then look at leaving to going somewhere in January. Because th- this is going to be a dead semester no matter what he does. He's not going to be able to find a suitable landing spot between now and Saturday. Can a drop bad date for most schools is already here unless it's a you know, quarter situation. But the bottom line is, if you're going to be here anyway, you might as well stay engaged. Now, I don't know how he feels personally. I haven't spoken to him. I know how I would feel after I had been here for a couple of years and I'd invested my blood, sweat, and tears in this program. And then you bring in somebody new, and then they win the job that I thought was going to be mine. That would be a difficult thing for me to deal with, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. I know everybody out there, it's easy to kind of judge and say, well, you know, you should put the needs of the team first. And that all sounds good, uh, and it looks good on a T-shirt, but sometimes that is not the reality of life. And so in the event that Keaton does come back, I think that says more about his character than anything else. If he elects, you know what, I'm going to put my ego aside, I'm going to put all this to the side and say, you know what, this is what's best for me, and this is what's best for Mississippi State. And so in the event 
that he does elect to return for this year. And that, there's no guarantee beyond a semester. Okay, there's no guarantee he's going to be there at all. But I believe if he returns, that is a huge rallying point for this team. There has already been this unnecessary distraction involving Tudorgate, and then on top of that, you had the Keton situation. If we can kind of peel some of that back, I think that is a huge motivational tactic for this team. I think also, you know, you know, we got our boy back. Okay, we don't have to be so careful. We don't have to worry quite as much about Tommy getting banged up. Not that we want to see Tommy get injured. But if Tommy gets injured right now, QB2 is Garrett Schrader, who is a true freshman. I think Garrett's not a capable quarterback, and I think he is the future of this program. I just don't know that I'm ready to throw him to the Wolves against LSU. So having Keaton here, I, I know that is what's best for Mississippi State, and he has to kind of work through his thoughts and figure out what's best for him. And my hope is he does come back. My, my hope is he does. Uh, is he the long-term solution here? I don't know. And is Mississippi State the right fit for him long-term? I don't know that either. But I do know, based on the, the current circumstances, you know, and, and here's something else, too, that I don't know if you know this. When a player enters their name into the transfer portal, university is no longer on the hook for financial aid. Did you know that? There are a lot of benefits and perks you get from being a student athlete. When you enter your name into the transfer portal, you lose a lot of those. And so there have been some situations, you know, we've, there have been some, and, and, you know, there have been multiple quarterbacks that have entered the name in the transfer portal, and they just go home. They just go ahead and go home and uh, withdraw from school. And so at this point, Keaton hadn't done that. Uh, so if he's still around Starkville, stays in school, then he should be in good shape. Uh, but, you know, I, I my hope is that we can find some way to salvage this situation. And again, it may only last this semester. But if it does, I think it's big. But Mississippi State is going to go play football this year. And uh, Mississippi State's going to win a lot of football games this year. And Mississippi State's going to go to a bowl game this year, you know, barring some totally unforeseen. And my hope is Keaton Thompson can be part of that. So uh, before we get into some recruiting stuff, let me remind you, too, Campus Bookmart, our good friends there, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, had some testimonials yesterday, had some friends who went in there and said, uh, hey, I went and bought my uh, – my clear bag for the trip to New Orleans. And, and reminder, there's no cowbells and the clear bag policy is in effect. And so if you need a cowbell, you need a clear bag, you can go find that at Campus Bookmark. It's probably too late to order it for this week. So you got to go by and collect that. But if you're thinking next week, go ahead and visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll save you shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. So getting into some recruiting stuff here, Kareem Walker is in Starkville. Uh, by the time you hear this, we might actually have a resolution on uh, his, his standing with the university. But the deal with Kareem is this. He has uh, completed, finally completed all of his coursework, Fort Scott has accepted his final courses and awarded him his associate's degree. He is now here in Starkville. He is not in classes. He is not participating in football practice. He is here awaiting approval so he could go ahead and enroll. Now, today is officially the drop-ad day, but, of course, an exception could be made. Okay, go ahead and relax a little bit. That, that could happen. But he is here, and I think it says a lot about him that he is here. Now, I've been very critical of the fact that he did, didn't take care of business before now. And again, I don't know all the details behind his circumstances, but you know, the fact that he's you know here on campus, finally here, you know, three days before we get ready to go play our first game of the year. I mean, that that's not an ideal situation for anybody. But the bottom line is, he is here. He does not have a red shirt year available. He's already used that. His second year at Michigan was a redshirt year, but he is here. So now we kind of begin to move forward and begin to think about where he fits. Now, there's no guarantee at this point that Clearing House is going to clear him. Now, we feel pretty confident that the fact that he's got his associate's degree and he was a full qualifier out of high school, that he should be able to get qualified. On paper, he's a qualifier. We'll just have to see if they agree. But he is here. 
He is ready to go. He is chomping at the bit. He tells me that he has the, they have sent him some video of practice drills. And so he's been able to watch some of that. He's been in his playbook. He's had regular conversations with Terry Richardson, just kind of keeping abreast of what's happening here on campus. And so that's something uh, that I think is important, too, that he has remained engaged even though he has been absent. I don't know that that helps him once he gets on the practice field, but you've got to feel like if he has at least a working knowledge of the offense that it shouldn't take him quite as long to get up to speed. It's not like he's starting completely fresh. Mississippi State picked up a huge commitment last night. Jaden Wiley, I shared this back when State offered him. One of my favorite kids in the class, and he does not do a lot of media. And one of the things that happens is when guys do a lot of media, there is some hype that gets associated with them. It creates some buzz. And you've got, you know, you've got an, an interview from the Mississippi State side, then Ole Miss side, then Alabama and LSU. All of a sudden, well, hey, well, hey, if these guys are interviewing them, their school must be interested. And so as a result, there becomes a lot of buzz. Jaden Wiley is a guy that's kind of shot away from all that. Hadn't done much media. You know, we've got his uh, commitment story up now. That's also free on jeanspage.com right now. The Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. Everybody can go read that. If you're not a member, you can read it, but you should be. But all that said, you know, Jaden is one of those guys that uh, has kind of flown under the radar, but he is one of the best prospects in South Mississippi by far. Absolutely love him. Uh, great offensive player, lines up at quarterback for D'Iberville, and I'm actually going to go see him play uh, Friday night, looking forward to see D'Iberville play Picayune. The Maroon Tide, every time I go down there, it's a good experience. I've seen, some, I've seen a lot of good football games at Picayune. Uh, D'Iberville, a much different team than Picayune. You know, Picayune, they, they'll line up an unbalanced line and just run you out of the stadium. Uh, D'Iberville, dual-threat quarterback with Jaden Wiley, he is a guy that uh, can get out and do a lot of things. He's listed as a dual-threat quarterback, and some consider him an athlete. He will play wide receiver at Mississippi State. That, that's the plan. He's been in contact with Michael Johnson a lot. There's been a lot of discussion about him. He was invited to that big barbecue thing we had uh, at the end of the summer dead period. Couldn't make it. Went to Auburn the day before. And there, listen, there's some people down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that have kind of been pushing him to Auburn. And, that, and that's an issue at some point that's going to be half dealt with. Okay. But the bottom line is he picks Mississippi State over Auburn. Could be a DB, could be wide receiver. He's got the ability to do both, but I've talked to some coaches down there. They think that he is best with the ball in his hands, and so that's what we expect him to do. We expect him to be a wide receiver. That's what he's currently being recruited to do. And some of the, you've got some guys like, if you remember, Gabe Miles and Jimmy on Lewis were both recruited as athletes and got cut their first teeth at DB and then moved over to receiver and stayed there. Uh, I don't think that you'll see a lot of moving back and forth with Jaden Wally. He he is very electric with the ball in his hands. That's one of the reasons that he plays quarterback is they want him to touch it as much as possible because he's the kind of guy, when things break down, he can turn a bad play or a broken play into a game-changing play. He's got that kind of athleticism. He does what an SEC player should do uh, with the ball in his hands, and that's changed the game. And so eager to see him in person, eager for you guys to get to know more about him. And again, He's just not one of these media hounds, man. He's just not one of these guys that, that craves a lot of attention. He wants to go out there and play football, kind of handled his, his recruitment in a very, very private and quiet way. And there's a lot of those guys who do that. And it seems like a lot of those guys are on the Gulf Coast. It's interesting. That's, that's kind of how that is. But, uh, but that being said, he FaceTimed Coach Joe Moorhead yesterday. And the staff's in there, and they have the cowbells clanging and everything. And they made a big deal about it, made the guy feel welcome. Now, he had told us, Jaden did, that uh, he was considering making his decision last week, elected to take a few more days to consider his options, discuss things with his family, and then pulled the trigger yesterday. His younger brother, Justin Wally, is one of the top prospects in the 2021 class. Now, Jaden is such a good prospect, you take him anyway. It, it's, this is not like a, uh, you know, a package deal where you're taking a calf to get the cow. That, that's not the case at all. Jaden is a game-changing player. Justin may prove to be the top defensive back in the 2021 class. He is among the best corners in the state right now, regardless of graduation year and classification. He is an absolute star. And so when you get Jaden, that gives you the inside track to get Justin. But you would take Jaden anyway. That's my point in all of this, is this is not some situation where we're trying to set things up. But if you can get them both, you take them both. Not because you have to have both to get one, but because they're both big-time SEC players. Really excited about this commitment. I said from the outset that Jaden is one of my favorite guys in the class. 
uh, and I still share that sentiment. I, I, I don't know that he is a guy that should rise to the level of a four-star based on the high school tape because he is playing outside of his projected position. But we'll see. But I will share with you this. When he gets on campus, I think he has the potential to develop into kind of a four-star guy. You know, there's some of those guys you look back and say, this was a recruiting win for us, not just because we beat some other schools, but because maybe perhaps that we saw some things in him that other people didn't. So we projected him a lot better than other people. And there's a lot of times people see a guy line up at quarterback and they think, okay, well, can he play quarterback? You know, a lot of those guys who play quarterback on a high school level are simply the best athlete on their team. And that's kind of the case with Jaden Wally. He is the best athlete on his team. And so you want the guy that can bring the, the biggest impact to the game to have the most touches offensively. And that's really where he is. Really, really, really like him. And I think you guys will as well. I had a chance to go watch Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State commitment Emmanuel Forbes, last weekend against Neshoba Central. Really like Jarquez Hunter, the running back at, at Neshoba Central. He's a little bit smaller than listed, but he but he runs big and plays big. They have him on kick returns. They have him punt returns. He does everything, exactly what you would expect an SEC guy to do. Uh, I have heard that Ole Miss might have an early lead for him, and again, it'll be interesting to see who's coaching Ole Miss uh, after the Egg Bowl. I mean, you just you simply don't know. And listen, I know everybody goes out and they have these these great speeches and that sort of stuff, and, and everybody goes out and fires up the alumni base and attempts to sell tickets. That happens all across the country. But the reality is Ole Miss is staring 4-8 and eight right in the face. I don't think Matt Luke survives that, if that's the case. If they turn in a losing season, I think it's gone. Because you begin to start doing the math here, that would be 16, 17, 18, 19. It'd be four consecutive years of non-winning football really good chance they drop the egg again this year. You lose the egg ball three out of four years. You have uh, four consecutive years outside of the bowl picture. It's tough. People will want to change. And so I, I, I don't put a lot of stock into all of the, the, the discussions about, well, you know, Ole Miss has got this relationship and that relationship for the future just because of the fact that I think many of the people forging that relationship will be collecting check from somebody else next year. And that's kind of the situation with Emmanuel Forbes, too. And I, I have heard – Many times that the uh, Ole Miss recruiting analysts have said they can get Emmanuel Forbes whenever they want him. Now, one of the things that I think is interesting, Emmanuel Forbes has been an Ole Miss fan much of his life. And so that is certainly cause for concern. State offers him first. It was a chance to stay home, play in an SEC school. He jumped on it. He has formed some relationships since then that I think have been significant. He is very uh, in, in touch with Will Rogers and, and several of the other in-state Mississippi State commitments, and that certainly helps. That esprit de corps, I think, is big. But it is something that we'll continue to watch. Now, watching him as a player, it's one of the things to see a guy walk across the parking lot at a junior day event. It's another thing to see him run and participate in a football game. And I'll tell you, watching Forbes, I liked him better after seeing him in person. It's one thing to see him on film. His his length is very reminiscent of Jonathan Banks, and it seems like every long and lanky corner we say that about. Uh, he plays safety for Grenada, and they alternate him from free to, to, to strong safety, dependent on the offensive alignment. But uh, this is a guy that really tracks the football well. When the ball is in the air, uh, he just simply has a knack to go and find it. He had a couple of interceptions, including a pick six, and uh, nearly had a three-interception game. And the locals call him Junior rather than Emmanuel. You know, they all call him Junior. And uh, the talk among the locals there is you know, that they, they think he's going to stick with Mississippi State, but they also say that Ole Miss is a factor. That's something that we'll watch uh, as we get deeper into the season. And, again, I think the season is going to be significant. Once Mississippi State survived the summer, with Forbes, because remember, he had the opportunity to go to Ole Miss just like Jacobon Brown did, and, and Forbes elected to come to Mississippi State. So here he is, State hangs on to his commitment. And listen, there's all this silliness that goes on with Ole Miss at times. You know, they, they live to flip a Mississippi State commitment. They, they absolutely love that sort of thing. It's, it's kind of what they, what they live for, because I've said many times that Ole Miss fans love football recruiting and football in that order. Uh, but but, you know, the kid seems to be okay for now. But it is something we would be naive if we didn't say, oh, yeah, he's 100% solid. Because I don't think that he is. I think he's committed, but I think that I think, I think think his recruitment is really just getting started. 
But in the end, I think it boils down to Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Before we get out of here, I want to share with you that um, you can pre-order your book for Stark Villains. You can go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Again, at StarkVillainsTheBook.com, you can pre-order as many copies as you want. Uh, I already had one person reach out to me. They are ordering Stark Villains books for all of their extended family. It's Christmas gifts. They're doing their Christmas shopping now. Go ahead and get it knocked out. $24.95, you can go ahead and pre-order, and I will sign and personalize every every pre-order. Uh, and we've already had we've already had hundreds of people already buy the book. And so and that, and that just went on sale Monday or late Sunday Sunday night. But uh, we're going to have several events around the state and around the region uh, throughout the next six months. Uh, excited for you guys to be a part of this and have these stories and documented and be able to read. Because okay, one of the things I'll share with you too, the book is written in chronological order and it even begins before there was a Mississippi State. Before there, there was not even the idea of Mississippi State. And then it brings you up through last year's Egg Bowl. So we're going to cover basically uh, eight decades of Mississippi State athletics with in-person interviews. And then on top of that, there's a lot of historical facts about the rivalry and some things have gone on in Mississippi uh, that I think that you're going to be interested to learn. I was certainly interested to learn. And in my research for the book, one of the things that I have that I have discovered, and you know, and I, I'm not a young guy anymore. I, I guess maybe I look a little younger than I am, uh, but the reality of that is this: I don't know that I fully appreciated that Ole Miss dominated the state legislature. They controlled the uh, state college board, which is now the IHL board, and they had every advantage within the state. And Mississippi State was really held hostage in many respects by Ole Miss. And that went on for decades, absolute decades. And some of the changes that have happened that have kind of leveled the playing field, and in many ways Mississippi State has surpassed Ole Miss, but a lot of that has changed really in the last generation. It's not, and when I say last generation, I mean like my children's generation. There were a lot of advantages that Ole Miss had for decades in this state. They controlled the state legislature. Uh, because they controlled the state legislature, there were a lot of things. There were a lot of measures that were passed to, to protect Ole Miss, to allow them to kind of stay in power. Uh, and so a lot of that is documented in the book. You know, there there's some things in there that were shocking to me. And, and again, I don't mean this, there was like malfeasance. And, that, and that's I'm not trying to allege any controversy. But there was a will to power. Uh, by the old Miss establishment from the beginning, as soon as there was the creation of Mississippi State, there was all of these efforts made to ensure that Mississippi State was kind of treated second class. And that has only changed uh, in in the last couple decades. And uh, that's documented. And you'll be able to go read some of that stuff. And uh, one of the things that I think is interesting to note, the, our, our silver-haired dogs, and I have such a respect for those folks. Those men and women lived through some years that I don't think many of us would ever want to take on. Can you imagine losing to Ole Miss or not beating Ole Miss for 19 years, going 0-16 and 3? Can you imagine? We win in 1946 and don't win again in 1964. Can you imagine? That's, a, that's basically an, in, an entire generation there that didn't win a game against Ole Miss. I, I just don't know that I could have done it. But the people that lived through that, their bitterness against Ole Miss uh, is is something to behold. There are a lot of people that say, well, you know, the rivalry is toxic now, and most of those people are complete morons. Um, you've got the, you know, the, the Hugh Kellenberger doctrine, these carpetbaggers that come through passing through the state that think they're going to come in here and tell us how to act. They're experts on how we've lived all these years. Listen, there was a rivalry between state and Ole Miss before there were even rivals, before we ever met on the fields of athletic play. There was already a rivalry between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And then once there was the ball game, what, then there was something tangible. There was a way to actually keep score. And so all of these ideals of the working class, the blue collar against the white collar and the aristocracy and the bourgeoisie, and there were basically, you know, there, there was two different ideals about the state of Mississippi. And there were two classes of people in some people's eyes. And so all of that 
predates the rivalry. It predates the establishment of Mississippi State University. It goes well back before the Civil War. And so this battle between Mississippi State and Ole Miss folks, this is nothing new. And there are some things that I've documented in that book that uh, they're going to raise some eyebrows and curl some toes, okay? <laughs> because there are some things, some stories that uh, most of you, I, don't, I didn't know a lot of these stories, but most of you have never heard before. And you'll read that and you're going to be blown away. And so again, that's Stark Villains, the book. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, you can find that at StarkVillains.com. Happy to partner with the fine folks at Deep South Pout. They do a great job uh, with all that and uh, great merchandise. Uh, great, 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 great shirts. So again, StarkVillainsTheBook.com to pre-order your book and StarkVillains.com to order your shirts. Be back on Friday, as I mentioned. We'll be on the road and uh, we'll preview the, the weekend. I look forward to that. I always That's one of the things about Fridays that I love is having a chance to talk about college football and what to expect and you know what's going on we'll, we'll pick the games that sort of stuff and it's so great to be able to talk about college football as much as I love college baseball and and I'll, I'll be honest with you I think that's the one thing we've always been able to poke our chest out about is college baseball but we have a college football program to be proud of and when I think about the sacrifices that uh, a lot of our, the Bulldogs that came before us made you know and that's a real appreciation that I have for those folks over talking to Bob Tyler and Rocky Falker and those guys, you know, they played through some really lean years at Mississippi State. They really did. And uh, they laid the foundation for what we have today. And so my hope is in some way that with Stark Villains that I have honored their sacrifice because we have never had it as good as we do now. We have never experienced the widespread success athletically than we do right now. Never in our history have we enjoyed this. And those people, we, we as the current generation of Bulldogs, there is a debt of gratitude owed to the whole Grangers, the Eagle Motlets, the Shorty McWilliams, Bailey Howell. You know, those people, those names are names we should all speak with reverence and respect because they've provided us what we have today. And I don't think that should ever, ever, ever be forgotten. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.